Waka waka. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's so... All right. Are we good? Yeah, I think so. All right, here we go. Uh, I'm Liam O'Donnell. I'm Josh Alvarez. Welcome to episode 30 of Cinepunks. Holy crap, It's Jackie, our 30th you're, you're episode. episode 30. <laughs> Holy shit. Look at that. Jackie is so important. I feel Man. very... I, I'm like, I'm honored. I feel very important. If episodes you were years, we'd be adults. <laughs> Is, is that how you measure it? That's I, I don't know. I would I would rent our podcast a car. Is that <laughs> that counts? All right, cool. Mm. How's mm. everybody doing today? Today on uh, this episode of Cinepunks, we're going to discuss remakes and remake yep. culture of Hollywood. And we're joined by uh, Jackie Sedicar. Did they say that right? Sedicario? Sedicario. 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 Of, of Bedfellows Magazine. <laughs> literary magazine. Uh, and also, <laughs> and also uh, uh, I would say local scene stalwart. Like I've known, even before we officially met, I knew who you were. I've been here a while. You've been around a little bit. I've been in Philadelphia almost eight years. All right. And uh, Did you come here for school? I did come here for school. You go to a lot of shows and stuff? Yeah, um, I started going to shows like when I was twelve in New York. I was going to say you're a Long Island person, is yeah, that right? I'm a Long Island person. You also so. mentioned that you used to sing for a band. I, I used to. Or do I you currently to. sing for a band? I don't know. My I, I used to. Well, okay. So one of I one of my projects is on indefinite hiatus, and my friends are going to laugh at this when they hear this. Mm-hmm. Um, the name of the band is Boner Killer. And, Boner Killer. Um, <laughs> that sounds so much harder than it is. It sounds um, so good. It sounds brutal. It's we mostly do Tegan and Sarah covers. Oh, okay. Do you make the so wait so so you cover Tegan and Sarah songs like in a rock version or in the, like a more punk rock version or you just play them straight play them straight basically good work with like a lot of bands side note it. you just described tegan and sarah songs and then said playing them straight <laughs> well no i meant like the way they are recorded <laughs> look man i think i'm so funny you are hilarious <laughs> um <laughs> okay so one band was boner killer what was the other band uh promises and nothing else it was oh, a piano duo I had in high school. What? Yeah, we, that's awesome. Um, we got our name from a Get Up Kids song, oh, a lyric right. in a Get Up sure, Kids song. Sure, and uh, heard of them. And we we do we did have original music. Um, my friend Becky Lovell, who is who was in a project called New Socks um, when she was down in Athens, Georgia, for a while, and she was hanging out with all those people, like the tangentially related to those Six people. Collective. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So she she actually does real stuff, but. I um I just kill boners apparently. You do real stuff, <laughs> including killing boners. Uh, including that's boners. part of it. I mean, but <laughs> um, and then talk a little bit. We're gonna. I want to jump. We're gonna jump, of course, into our whacking on track. Whacking on track. Let's hear a little bit first about Bedfellows. Um, Bedfellows magazine is a small literary magazine based here in Philadelphia. Um, we mostly uh, publish poetry. Um, it comes out uh, every eighteen months. We have a new issue. Um, both in print and online. Um, and uh, we publish work that focuses on intimacy and desire, uh, mostly. So I co-edited that with my, uh, with my Biffle, Alina Pliskova, um, right. who is also a, f- a, f- a f- lapsed um, punk, a lapsed punk. Um, um. I love I love that you said the same way to describe my mom as a lapsed Catholic. You were like, oh, she's a lapsed punk. She's still punk. She's still punk. She's she's the most punk. And um, yeah, no, no, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Wait, side note, you, you and you are from Long Island. I am from Long Island, so I assume you like Glassjaw. Yeah, 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That wasn't like my main thing, though. No, but I just felt like it was a requirement. If you lived in Long Island. Kill your idols. Oh, okay. That's the requirement. Every single person I'm friends with has a Kill Your Idol skull tattooed on them. That's interesting. I would not Pretty have good. thought of that, but that makes as soon as you said it, that makes sense. Paul yeah. just sent us a picture of him wearing the Cinepunk shirt that we sent him. Thank you, Paul. Oh, yeah. Paul. Yeah. Main man. From Kill Your Idols. <laughs> That's sick. It's, our it's so cool, Friend right? Of podcast. Is that our humble brag? I don't, no, it's like, just a brag. I'm all, it's just I'm a straight brag. We did a, we did a switch. He gave me a, a Black Anvil hoodie. Oh, that's sick. <laughs> I want to say that that was a fair trade, but I feel like one like, of you did totally a lot better. I totally won out. Ha-ha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm glad that he likes the podcast, or at least likes the t-shirt either yeah. way. Yeah. That's awesome. Holla. I love I, I do. I know that a number of people who've ordered the t-shirt are definitely fans. You know? Yeah. And I you, much respect to them. That's, uh, I know Jeremiah, Jeremiah ordered t-shirt. Jeremiah, yeah. And Nick. Nuthouse Punks. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 There you go. Yeah, I, and I, actually, the humble brag is that our man Gary Viteri of the coffee shop, oh, of, yeah, of Gary the pharmacy Viteri. coffee shop, gave a Cinepunk shirt to Mr. Scott Thompson of the Kids in the Hall. Scott Thompson, Ooh. Kids in the Hall. <laughs> no know, disrespect to Nick or Jeremiah, because no cool. you both are cool, too. It happens. You know. I, know, I know Ed and Austin both ordered t-shirts as well. Yes. Uh, but I'm not convinced Austin actually listens to the podcast. So That's okay, I'm man. I'm just kidding. They're cool shirts, bro. <laughs> no, you know the shirts are sick. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, one is the Crudos ripoff, and that was where I met you at the Crudos that, show. That oh, that's true. There you yeah. go. Did you think of that at the Crudos show? No, I think about it because I think about Crudos all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, how funny that's would true. it be if I had a t-shirt of Crudos with Yodorowsky on it? No, that's very true. Uh, also, we are, for the first time, not Josh, he's out of the club, but me and Jackie are utilizing this mixer. And I have to give much respect to friend of the podcast, Sunny Singh. Yeah, Sonny. Hate five six. Never guessed Sonny as his nickname on the podcast. So is. here's the thing about Sonny. Like Sonny, you, uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of colloquialisms. You know, like little <laughs> little phrases or I, no, like, I don't even mean colloquialism. What I mean is like uh, like common wisdom phrases. Like you know, Jesus people love this stuff. Like in churches, you would think if it rhymes or if it's like snappy, it must be true. Yeah. And generally, that's not true. Yeah, yeah. But one of you know a common one in churches is you know uh, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away or where the door na- the Lord never closes a door without opening a window. Mm. And I would say that a truth like that that holds true is Sonny will never help you without also trying to hurt you. Like so for Sonny, the mixer, which he was a huge help on and we wouldn't have without him, was also about him uh he just copied someone's list of must see films off of the internet. And then he made a chart and he called it Liam's Canonical Films to See List. <laughs> and he put it in with the mixer just to mess with me. And this list I can't. I really thought he made it because it's so dumb. It like ranges from like. I thought he made it because it's so dumb. Yeah, it's so good. Thank God well, Sonny's never going to hear this because it reads because <laughs> he doesn't listen to the podcast. It reads like someone listed maybe twenty actually important movies and then plopped in just like uh, pop movies of the nineties and then like new. So like in the same list as a classic film are movies like The Notebook and oh. Jim Carrey movies. But then also like new movies like Fury Road is on the list. I contend that Jim Carrey movies have cultural significance. Sure, but the point is is that it's so all over the place. <laughs> I, I assumed that Sonny just made the list to mess with me. In fact, not only that, there's 
six movies on the list that are not only movies I've seen before, but I've written about. So wow. I thought Sonny had made the list by looking up movies I'd written about and then being like, oh, these are movies you should watch sometime. <laughs> but he just copied it word for word, just cut and paste from one dude's list. And I kind of want to know, who is this dude? Kind of genius. We should have him on the show. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, forget Sonny. <laughs> but yeah, it also much- reminded me of uh, one time Jim Robinson told me, um, when God closes one door, he kicks you in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> It's <laughs> pretty brilliant. Well, it just remind, reminded me of that. I yeah, can't, I don't know can't why. argue with that. Just saying. Just saying. Um, <laughs> so thank you to Sonny. A big thank you and a, your jerk to Sonny Singh. Uh, so let's uh, start with our feature. Well, first we do the Whack on Track section. That's what I say. Whack on Track. the feature? Yeah. I, don't, I thought feature was like what we're going to... Oh, I All see right. what you're saying. My bad. You, you and your you words. Know what? Whatever. <laughs> I just want to create, you know, someday we're going to monetize this thing and get it on TV. <laughs> so we got to start making up sections now so we can make Man, that cash. We'd look so good on TV with all of our long flowing hair. <laughs> chiseled. <laughs> chiseled muscles. Man, we look awesome. I'm saying I, it like we don't have our picture on every episode. <laughs> no, that's true. Oh, yeah. Don't forget to take pictures. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. Gosh. On it. You're going to uh, edit that So Wacken on Track and... Uh, you know what Wacken on Track is? Yes, I do. As yes. Jack- Jackie is Jack- the Jackie. first guest I, who I actually listen. has listened to the show. I, I've listened to like most of the episodes of the show. <laughs> I was going to say so Jackie. Weird. I don't even know how to deal with this. This is so weird. But anyway, like the, the sunny thing comes up a lot. Yeah, um. It does. We should let that go. It would be better if we didn't talk about it. That would help. I like Sun- never, I like the nickname is Never Guest Sunny. So if he does come on, <laughs> like what's up, Never Guest Sunny? How He's you never going to be a guest. It's never going to happen. So go on, Jackie. Jackie, what have you done lately? Guest. That's whack or on track. Whack. Okay, so I, I have thought about this because I, I kind of knew that you would ask me. Um, okay, so this is kind of a mixed bag for me because my both my whack and on tracks are kind of mixed. Sure. So okay. like I'm gonna go ahead and say I saw well whack far from the matting crowd. Oh God, you oh, watched wow. that? Thing? Okay. Okay. On purpose, you saw it. On purpose. So my roommate is currently like on a flight to Europe, and she's mm. going to be there for six weeks. And when she gets back, I'll be gone. I'll be moved to Richmond, Virginia. Um, so I wanted to have a nice movie night with her. And, you know, Thomas Hardy, uh, novels, Jude the Obscure, etc. I have an English degree, whatever. So sure, yeah, no, that's fine. I'm going to go do this and, like, get angry about women with quivering, like, everything, like, all the time. Oh, I'm so uncertain about everything. But you know what? Carrie Mulligan did an okay job. But what the whack part is, spoilers, spoilers, sheep suicide. They show uh, sheep suicide. Off a cliff? Yes. So, but, like, they actually show the sheep. <laughs> They show the sheep jumping off of a cliff. Like, they show it. I'm assuming these are CG sheep. I don't know. I I think that maybe they constructed a cliff that the the sheep could walk off of. Because actual sheep, it looked like actual sheep. You know, I wouldn't expect CGI in in, in (laughs) Far From from the the Batting Crowd. crowd. And then, then you see the sheep on the bottom of the cliff, like, some of them didn't die from the fall. And Oh, that's good. Yeah. So that that's my... That's my... Fair enough. That's your whack. That's my whack. On track, then. I it was, was kind of really curious. I was curious. I'm glad you said that, though, because I was curious about that movie. Really? You, yeah. you saw the trailer, and you're like, oh, yeah, this is a thing that I would probably want to watch. I am not automatically against... Uh, 19th century period pieces? Yeah, I'm not automatically period against... Period pieces them. alone. You just got to say period piece. I'm like, yo, fuck that shit. <laughs> I'm out. 
<laughs> see you later. See, in you the know, future. this is the thing, Josh. I'm just much more open minded than I you are. I guess you are because and... I will not watch period piece movies. I will not watch look, Dangerous Liaisons. Look, look, look. I, I am a first of all, Dangerous Liaisons is actually really good. Uh, <laughs> I I am allergic to a lot of white people shit, but period pieces are not one of those. You know, put period pieces in the same column as Nutella and Sriracha as white people shit. I endorse brunch. <laughs> You know, those are these are all things that I think they get right, and I'm okay with just saying like, yeah, they're not wrong about those things. Yeah, I'm gonna brunch. I, you included a meal. I, brunch. I, just the other day, so I was like, oh yeah, you know, if I'm gonna watch soccer, it's at least gonna be like the World Cup during brunch. And they were like, brunch. It's such white people shit. And I was like, brunch, mm. really? The whole meal. We're just gonna write off the whole meal. <laughs> brunch. It's so good. It's, it's if it makes me a colonialist to like brunch, so be it. So be it. <laughs> we'll call it Not soft the colonialism. Not talking, my friend. Yeah. That was me. I'm sorry. Wait, what did you say? I said not, that's not the Mexican half talking. No, Puerto Rican. Puerto- God damn it! I hate you so much. <laughs> I actually went to correct you like you weren't fucking with me. Uh, so good, Puerto Rican. Everybody. Oh man. Puerto Rican. Okay. Sorry, Boricua. Okay, uh, Jackie. So that was your whack. Do you have it on track for us? On track the rest of the movie a little bit. Okay, that's true. That's okay. fair. So wait, your whack and your on track is the same movie? Multitudes. Right, so the 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 movie ups, was very upsetting within the first like twenty minutes, and then the rest of the movie kind of got better. Um, it displayed a different class of people than I usually find in nineteenth century period pieces. And um, Carrie Mulligan said something to the effect of, um, "A man was like, why don't you tell me how you feel?" And she was like, "How can I tell you how I feel when language is invented for the feelings of men or something?" And I was like, "That's ill." So, but yeah, no, that. Uh, but cheap suicide kind of like ruined it for me at the same time. Um, but yeah, I, uh, my other on track would probably be seeing Modern Life is War this past Sunday. Yeah. How was that? Were you at that, Liam? So I had originally planned to go and then that Sunday happened and it just wasn't. Mm. That's the, in fact, I would say this whole weekend because, uh, on Saturday night I had to be down in Philly for a very fun thing actually, which is, uh, my mom took out. Me and Susan and my stepbrothers, my mom and George took out took us out. So we the whole it was like a family outing because I have my birthday in July, Susan has a birthday in July, and my stepbrother Dan has his birthday in July. And so it was sort of like the all the birthdays in July thing. Uh and it was just a good time. But in planning for that and trying to get other stuff done, uh I missed a birthday party on Saturday and then I missed the show on I just it came to Sunday night, I was like, I'm not driving down again, like I'm just not gonna do it. And you know, I'm not a huge Modern Life is War fan. I wanted to see them. I wanted to see some of the openers, but Agitator overall, played, right? Yeah. <laughs> Agitator played, and they played a good set. Okay. I will say that what was there was a whack component of this show. Sure. Um, frameworks? Are you familiar with this? No. No, I didn't know who they oh were going gosh. into it. Are they bad? It was terrible. I, I hate feeling like something is beneath me while I'm standing watching it. And I was like... <laughs> Wow. Oh, man. You say a lot of mean shit. That's I love Jackie. Oh, my God. People Sweet usually Jesus. don't experience my opinions that strongly because I usually temper them because I'm, you know, very political with what I actually say. But I could not keep that in. Nothing new with this band, huh? It was like... Um, what were they doing? They should, have been on an, they, they should have been on an alternative press cover. Oh, yeah. Wow. Right. This year. 
Like I'm, I'm, you know what I mean? Like this right. year, you know, like with the hair and the eyeliner. At one point, Clint said that it looked like the singer was wearing a costume. That makes sense. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. All right. It was. It was very. This is a tour package. Sure. Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, the only band I think that was put on there by Joe, whose show was supposed to be, was Agitator. I think and that was cool. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the other openers? Is the the Banner and United Nations? I was never a The Banner fan. You know, Don't I'm they always about zombies or something. I was always iffy about that band, and uh, I but I, I I'd only listened to a little bit of them, and I went back and checked it out. And I don't think they're a bad band, but I don't know how it would translate live. I don't know if I would be into it live. I mean, live, I think that they, they're good for what they are, but they're not what I'm into. You know? And his banter is, like, on point. So he was like, oh, Philadelphia didn't want me here for a really long time, and now I'm here, so thanks for letting us in here. And But he was, like, you know, like, gruff, and his, had his hood up, and you could barely see his face the entire time. It was actually, like... Was that true? Did he have, like, a Phil, an unofficial Philadelphia band? No, I, it seemed like... It's like nobody... He said, like, nobody here liked us before, but I guess uh, you guys all got dumb or something and started liking us, so we're, we're here now. <laughs> okay. was, this is the worst. This guy sounds like I the worst person. I self-effacing humor, though. That's fine. It was, like... It was funny because it was, like, short. It was, like, glib, and then it, like, went into a song. So it wasn't too much. Okay, what about United Nations? I like that band. I like that band in pieces. <laughs> You mean you like the other bands that yes. those guys are in? Yes. Yeah, you don't like that <laughs> band. Oh, they though. put on a good show. It, it wasn't what I, I wasn't, I wasn't like there for that. Sure. You know, it was sure. very like this is a show. You know, with lights and things and oh, clean so they guitars. Had, like, a big, like, there was a lot of lights going. going on? There was a lot of lights going on at that show. A lot of lights. Do they have masks on? Do they do the presidential mask thing? No. Okay. No. That used to be their thing, right? I don't know. I never. Oh seen yeah, them. that was. I their... only know. I I only heard about them tangentially. Doesn't Jay Robbins have something to do with them? Like he recorded them or something? I think. No idea. And I don't know if you know, but I have like a huge Jay Robbins thing. Like that's kind of my dude. So. No, yeah. I guess the whole gimmick was that they used to only wear Ronald Reagan masks, and the whole idea was that they were in bands and they weren't contractually allowed to be in other bands. Oh. So the membership was a secret, and they would perform in secret. But then someone told me that was all made up anyway. I don't know. We had a whole conversation about it on Twitter, and it wasn't clear to me what was going on. And meanwhile, I was listening to it and realizing that I like all the grindy parts, yeah. and I don't like any of the not grindy parts. Okay, mm. and that's hard because it's it, very varied. It took me a couple listens to realize that. Yeah. I thought I, w- I was into the whole package, but like I said, I never given them. They're one of those bands that just went under my radar. Mm. I think because I like so many different bands, people assume when you like a lot of something that you like all of something. Yeah, and so people, are, oh, you don't know the United Nations? I'm like, no, I can't listen to every fucking band, man. Like, there's you listen a, ne- to a lot though. To be fair, you, you have I, a huge I make mouth. an effort. I want to yeah. hear. Hence, I listened to the United Nations the other day. Like, I made an effort because I was like, I what is this fucking me. band? I gotta check it out. You know, better than me. I do not. <laughs> is that right? Do I do not? not make the effort. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I, I will if like, if like. One of my pals says something, mm. you know, if, if, if like you or like Phil sure. Sure. are like raving about something and they're like, you should oh, check Phil this out. Sanish. I love him. Mm. Love him. Um, so yeah, you're a big, but that. you're a big Modern Life is War fan. I am. That was like your heyday, right? Is that yes. like when you were going to shows a lot? That's when I was. What really were some of your favorite bands from that time? You're going to laugh at me. No, I'm not going to laugh at you. This dude has espoused E-Town Concrete. For pretty much most of uh, Cinepunk's existence, so I just like the demos, man. Yeah, Chill yeah. out. It spouses E Town Concrete, but go on. I mean, two, it was like 2005. Sure. So I liked Sinking Ships. 
Okay. I liked Righteous Jams a lot. Yeah. I really loved Righteous Jams. Um, to the point where I would drive from Long Island to New Jersey to go see Righteous Jam shows. Wow. You should not feel alone in that, right? Like, that was, at the time, they were, like, the biggest band. It was the big thing. I mean, like... I have no idea what they sound like. Have you never listened to Righteous Are no. you that old? I guess so. I know they stole the Def Jam logo. That's the only thing. And I was like, well, fuck that. <laughs> not listening to that shit. Dude, here's what I think is funny of that. I think now you wouldn't like it. I think if you had listened to it at the time, yeah. you would have been a huge fan. They're right yeah. up your alley. They're exactly they're like your. Yeah. They're your. Are, are are they from New Jersey? Are they, aren't they from New Jersey? I thought they were originally from Boston. Boston. Oh yeah. Shit. Well then. <laughs> Whatever. It's not. It's never good to discuss any of these matters <laughs> officially. Never. But the point is, is that Righteous Jones was a Boston band originally. Yeah. Okay. I think they might. Have, some of the members might have moved, but they were definitely a Boston band. I like Champion. Yeah, like, none of this is embarrassing. I don't know what you're worried were, the, about. Well, that that was like my my era. <laughs> Name one embarrassing band you liked at the time. Oh my god, I still like this band. But Go ahead. Is it, it's embarrassing to people in Philadelphia because. Okay, um, I, I I'm I have a crime and stereo tattoo. Wow, awesome. <laughs> that is next level. <laughs> they played at Broadway Ministry like four times. It was crazy. I was I the saw person them in front. Once. Yeah, I bet you were. Oh man. <laughs> That's intense. Good work. Yeah. Well done. That's a band. You can, you can, you can, you can, you can slander them. Did they ever, did they ever play This Is Hardcore? Is that a band they, they played? They yeah. did. They okay. played This Is Hardcore when it was still at, um. Yeah, Starlight. Starlight, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw them one time when the truck did that 10 hardcore bands and whatnot. Oh, 10 for 10, oh, yeah. that was terrible. 10 yeah. for 10. And you couldn't yeah. leave. So yeah. I was like, well, I didn't know how we ended up there early, but we saw them and I was like, well, thank God we can't leave. That's not happening. So it was pretty rough, but uh, I did see Madball. That oh yeah, you know I Poison the Well played that day. Milani loves Poison the Well, so we had to go see them, and they sure. were good. I like Poison Put on the show, but uh, sure. yeah, that's cool. For some reason, I missed out on the the perfect time period for Poison the Well. Like I feel like mm. I don't know how I missed it because it seems like it's like in my wheelhouse. It's total. You're a metal. Yes. Course never got into it. Never got into really? it. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, and I have nothing against it. Like when I've listened to it, I'm never like, oh, this is bad. It's just not something I ever really gave a chance, so I don't really know much about. Fair enough. It's weird. <laughs> okay. Maybe I was too much into like Kill Switch Engage at the time or something. Were you really into that band? Uh, yeah, I, th- I really liked the first two CDs. Wow. And then I when when they play, you know, they played this as hardcore last year, and when people wrought them up, I'm like, they're still a band. Like I knew those first, I was like, their first <laughs> CD with the, the first CD with the white guy, and the second CD with the black guy, and mm. that's it. That's all I knew about, about the band. And then by after that, I was kind of like. Eh, I'm kind of done with this style of music. Like, I, it, it was really appealing for a while, and then it just wasn't anymore. Yeah. But I watched him at this hardcore. I was so stoked. I'm like, oh, it's going to be like back in the day. I'm going to feel this nostalgia. Yeah. And I watched like three songs, and I was like, I feel nothing. And wow. I left. Yeah. That's a bummer, dude. Mm-hmm. Eh, hey. You move on. I mean, I don't feel bad about it, and I don't judge yeah. them for it. Like, so, uh, people who like that band said they were great. So good for them. There you go. Not my thing. Did you ever like Sky Came Falling? That was that was my big band, one of my big. Yes, bands. I love that band. <laughs> I was I a big I fan too. That was you were never into any of those bands. They were around like. during the time when all those bands had long names. Yeah, like all <laughs> those bands. That, there, there used to be like Joshua Fit for Battle. Yeah, Joshua Fit for Battle and Armor for Sleep and like all those. Oh, yeah, yeah, those bands uh, had really long. Walls names. of Jericho yeah. and. Uh, Mm. A Life Once Lost. And <laughs> it's a hard style, man. I'm pretty sure all those bands were on a show at Stalag. You know, you know like what I think was funny, though? Like, around that time was when everyone was getting tattoos of, like, children sleeping and, like, dreams and stuff. No, that's and, like, true. like, birds. 
Yeah, birds. I birds. Used to, birds, birds everywhere. I used oh, to man. love a band called Sleeping by the Riverside. No, you did? Yeah. You're yeah. like, oh, man. What was really weird about that band is that, like, they were the kid, uh, you know, for that time, uh. they were all the, except for the singer, who was, like, an older skinhead. And he just was like, well, this is what kids like now. So I'll just be in this band. <laughs> and then, like, after that band broke up, he started, like, an oi band. And he was, like, back to his, like, roots. Like, but I saw that band play, and I was like, it's really weird. The one guy just doesn't look like he fits this band. It's, everybody <laughs> looks like they're into this. But, uh, yeah, it's weird. He's a singer. That's pretty sweet. That's funny. I forget the name of his band, though. They were G- <laughs> Sleeping by the Riverside was, like, a Jesus band. They were, like, that wow. kind of band. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Yeah. The bird thing, though, I'd like to think that patient zero of the bird thing is falling forward. Remember uh, the falling forward record that had. I don't know if that's true, but that could be true. That for me, that was like initial record. That was like my favorite shit. That was like my time to sure. when I loved hardcore and everything. Like sure, initial stuff. So, all right, we're getting off track here. Sorry. So we got a whacking on track. Do you have anything else you want to share before we move on, Jackie? I still like crime and stereo. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with it. It's cool. Also, um, modern life is where it played a very good set. Oh right! You didn't mean they get to they, that. Did they sound like they sounded? They, sounded they did great. That, There's something happening with them, right? They're like breaking up, or they're not playing anymore, or I something. I don't know. know. Am I confused with another band? It just there was there was less energy than I would have liked. It just it was it was Sunday. But that was like the anniversary of their oh, album, right? They yeah, played the, the full album. They yeah. played Witness all the way through, and you know those songs are like a little bit like slower, um, yeah, more melodic. I, yeah. I think so. I maybe that's what it was. But I was I was in it. I was in it. it was were you cool. feeling it? You I, were, was, I was feeling were it. Were you in your feels? <laughs> yeah, I was in my feels. I was like pacing in the back of the room, kind of, and people were looking at me weirdly, and I was singing, singing, you know? Like, Who you know? cares what people think? I don't. I don't care. I have no shame. <laughs> I When you said that about Witness, about the slow songs, I mean, that was my thing with Modern Life is War, is that they were playing, like you said, they, they were kind of big around 2004, 2005, and like when I heard them, I always felt like they were ramping up to a cool part. Mm-hmm. Because that was what I was used to in that metalcore scene. Yeah. Was like every song would sound like Modern Life is War, but it would only be an intro to then just like chaos. Mm-hmm. So then when I heard Modern Life is War, I kept thinking like, oh man, they're going to build up to this like crazy bosh part. But that was the whole <laughs> song. That right. was the song itself. Was this mid tempo thing, and I think it worked for a lot of people, and it just didn't work for me at, at the time. Mm-hmm. I think if I went back to it now, I probably would not mind it as much. But at the time, I was just kind of like, where? What is the point of this? Like I couldn't understand it, and I was. Not as um, they also did a lot of like uh, I I would say and tell me if I'm wrong like Smiths inspired imagery, Modern Life is War a lot of like that sort of look and I I wasn't stoked on that at the time and now, I feel are you stoked on it? so much like I see Modern Life is War sh- shirts from back in the day like not their yeah. newer shirts but their yeah. old shirts and I'm like yo that's sick that's a sick shirt <laughs> I have I had that um the they actually had a reprint of it they were selling it that it says death is more perfect than life on it and it right. Was, the guy smoking. And yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I had that shirt and I saw it. Like, I looked at my time hop, which is a, you know, you can see pictures. Sure, sure, sure. And I saw myself, my like teenage self in, in that, that shirt. shirt. It was wow. sick. That that shirt does not fit anymore. Oh, <laughs> I have so many shirts like that. What, it's going to be a quilt. See, the difference I have though is that when I uh, first got into hardcore, everything was oversized anyway. Yeah. So I have one shirt from high school. That does still fit, and it's still too big for me, because it was so too big for me then. That now that was I, the best though when bands yeah. are going tour and they only brought XL shirts with them. If you ask for a smaller size, they'd be like, "Yeah, we don't, Why? we don't carry yeah. girl sizes." And you'd be like, "No, that's not what I meant." And then a size that would fit. Like, I'm realizing that during that time, that 2004, 2005, I wasn't listening to hardcore. I was only listening to like tragedy. 
And then sure. like post rock, like the shows I was going to was like um, Explosions in the Sky, yeah, bands like that. Because I was at I was in Belgas at the time. I think that was like oh, that's right, yeah, oh seven maybe, okay, oh six. I don't know. Yeah, so I wasn't. I, I, I missed hardcore during that. Time. See, I, I I saw Modern Life as War towards the end of their time together because that's when I started going back. To that was when I checked mm. back in, right? And so I was like trying to get the feel for what was cool at the time, you know? Yeah. Hmm. They just weren't <laughs> up my alley. <laughs> Everyone's laughing. I keep having like gastrointestinal and, and, and <laughs> snot issues and I just like, like I think if I, right I, I, I think if I just I keep acting like if I just move the microphone just a little bit it's like it didn't happen you know so I'm just like alright there we go I'm alright I'm, I'm, right. I'm like I'm too, I like will giggle at anything Josh what is your uh, what do you have whack, whack and, on, and track. on track so yeah. on track I saw Spy the Moses McCarthy. Oh movie yeah, 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 yeah. At the Marlton Eight, our favorite movie theater. Sure. And it was hilarious. I had a sure. great time. It was super duper funny. Um, I definitely see. I saw the Kingsman. Did you guys see the Kingsman? I did not. No. Which is like you know riffing on the whole James Bond thing, but it's kind of serious. It's kind of funny. You know, mm-hmm. it was fine. This is like a comedy of that, and it's like well, not of the Kingsman, but it takes all those like spy tropes mm-hmm. and it makes them funny. You know what I mean? And yeah. um, I thought it was pretty uh, well written. I thought the jokes were tight. I, it was a good time. Um, on tra- yeah. What else did I do on track? I'm kind of thinking. Uh, we saw Spy. Oh, and um, we are still here. I saw on VOD the How other was that? day. I thought it was fun. It's a haunted house movie. Yeah. There's only so much you can do with haunted house movies these days, unless mm-hmm. you turn into either Predator or Alien. Basically, like that's what those movies are to yeah. me. Like haunted house movies. Um, this one had um, it had the girl from the Brian Yuzna movie The Beyond or From Beyond uh, yeah, yeah. and she was also in Reanimator mm-hmm. and I love Brian Yuzna I you love mean, those uh, you mean um, you mean um, Barbara Crampton yeah her yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I love you to say so, the girl she's like 50 some years old. I know no, she's definitely she plays the mom in the movie there's she also is, like nods to H.P. Lovecraft in the movie like they okay. reference sure. Miskatonic University you know like there are like little sure. bits in there where you're like <laughs> nerd style I'm into it it's cool you know, I, I mean I, I love Barbara Crampton I think she's great yeah she was good in the movie she, yeah. I mean like the movie again it's it's kind of a hard sell to do a new take on a haunted house movie for me Cause like, you know you got what you got spirits you know what I mean and it's like oh man yeah. there's spirits and it's um it's fine but it's just I don't know it's okay it was it wasn't the best horror movie that I've seen but it's the sure. best horror movie I've seen in a while okay that I mean that's sense. saying something yeah so you know so there you go um, whack I went to the Phillies funniest semifinals to support our friend Garrett of the I like to movie movie podcast who's sure. running for Phillies funniest. Okay. And he was hilarious. My man Garrett killed it, right? Mm-hmm. Six minute sets for 12 sure. comedians is okay. Yeah. Yo, the other, first of all, there were two comedians that were hilarious. Garrett was one of them. Mm-hmm. The other dude was this old guy that looks like, um, he, he just looks like an old TV dad that's bald. Mm. And his jokes were hilarious. He had like the deadpan delivery. His opener was, uh, I used to have hair. Now I just pay for sex. <laughs> Genius. Yeah, fucking brilliant. God damn it. <laughs> I was like, good lord. And then the jokes that he landed that weren't funny, he was just like, well, there's that. And then he just kept on going. Yeah. Hilarious. The rest of the comedians, sweet baby Jesus. It was like having screwdrivers stuck in my eyes and my ears at the same time. It was awful. There was a lot of racist jokes. Uh. <laughs> a lot of like, uh, some guy was like, uh, Jewish people in the crowd, and someone raised their hands, and he was like, funny to see that you paid to get in. And then he was, oh yeah, he was also wearing what? basketball shorts. And I was like, bro, you're on stage. You knew you were going to be on stage, right? You could have dressed it up just a little bit. 
like you know done a little something for us but um yeah it was a bummer chip chantry was the mc for the night and you know if you go to shows at helium you see him a lot i think he's funny he's funny he's a good time oh i got another on track i saw chris hardwick (gasps) unbelievable dude so we saw him two times before okay and uh he did the same set in 2009 and 2011 which me and melani we see a lot of shows but we remember a lot of shit too So, like, we saw Jim Jeffries twice in, like, a two-year span like that, and he did the same exact set. Brian Callen did the same thing to us. The first time was funny. The second time, we're like, the same exact jokes, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, the two times that we saw Chris Hardwick before this, he did the same set, and we're like, okay, I get it. You know, whatever. He's doing other shit. Mm -hmm. This set was all new, and every single thing... First of all, he had Mike Lawrence opening, whose album was called Sadamantium. Yeah, I remember that. Genius! Yeah. Oh man! So that guy was really funny, and then Chris Harder came on and he destroyed. He like rocked so hard. It was such a good show. Probably one of the best shows I've seen. It's bolstered him up to like one of my favorite comedians. So wow, that's yeah, saying yeah, a lot. Yeah. So that was on track. So the whack was the helium contest thing, and then the on track was Chris Harder. Okay. 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 I like that. And we're still here. Uh, so let me think. Let me think. Well, I should have. We should have conferred about this ahead of time because my on track is also spy because I feel like that's like the best theater other than seeing Mad Max for a third time. <laughs> so so I will never stop seeing. Did you see bit. Mad Max? Um, that should have been my my other whack was that I went to try to go on Long Island this weekend when I was home mm-hmm. and it was sold out. Oh man! Oh, I've man. been trying to go for since it came out. So Just, you've not seen it yet? I have not seen it yet. I've read literally every single thing yeah. about it because, you know, you know, <laughs> feminist, socialist, talking about it. Yeah. queer woman. <laughs> yeah. Like, this has been like... The thing. A thing. And, yeah. And, yeah. I know everything that happens in the movie already, but I, I really want to see it. Yeah. Wonderful movie. I've done yeah. two podcasts now on it. Yeah, that's true. You I've did. talked a total of four hours about Mad Max. <laughs> oh man, yeah, because uh, I like movie. Yeah, yeah and what yeah. was it was funny listening to that podcast because you said the same things you said I on know, our podcast. You come with a whole new opinion. And- no, not at all. But it was just funny because <laughs> you would be like, you'd say something, and they'd be all like, "Oh yeah," and I'm like, "Yeah, he said that on my fucking podcast." <laughs> That's that's come on that's old hat recycling old bits no uh so yeah so I thought Spy was great I went in with zero ex not I mean not zero because people had said it was good mm. but I just didn't know what to expect and I thought it was really funny um, again uh not dissimilar to Mad Max and that one part of the appeal is that Melissa McCarthy playing a full human like playing yeah. like not just like I'm loud and fat. It's like, oh, I'm a person with feelings. Now, granted, she has some loud moments. She has moments where she freaks out, but it's all within context. Yeah. Okay. So, like, having her play a real character who then has moments where she can do outrageous shit is so much more interesting than just being like, yeah, it's Melissa McCarthy, just do crazy stuff. It's, it's fine. Just be crazy. It's cool. Yeah. And uh, I hate that. Like, I hate, especially with her, because I think she does have some amount of you know, range. I mean, whatever. But, uh, and the, so, and her friend in the movie, the British oh, lady. She's hilarious. So she's on that show called The Midwife, which I don't watch, but no my idea. wife does. And I've watched episodes with Susan. Mm. And I love her on that show. So to see her in the movie, and she's so charming and funny in the movie, I was like, this is great. It was great. <laughs> and of course, Statham. Yeah, Jason Statham was amazing in it. That, that felt so, so self deprecating to me. Like the whole, like, I'm so perfect or whatever. <laughs> like that was like, making fun of every role he ever plays. So just, I don't know. I, all, everything about that worked really well for me. Yeah. Um, the other thing I saw recently, and this is still kind of on track, but I guess I just want to mention it because I want to know what people think. Mm -hmm. I saw this movie young ones. 
It's on Netflix. It's a movie where the the trailer was everywhere for a while, just everywhere. And then I guess it came out and no one saw it. I don't know what happened, but it seemed to no go away. Right. And um, it's Michael Shannon. And Charlie's their own, right? Uh, no, no. Uh, Michael Shannon, the guy in Mad Max, the the war played guy. Beast in X Men. I forget his name. Do you know who I'm talking about? He was in About a Boy um, when he was a kid uh, with Hugh Jackman or Hugh. Uh, was he also on? Was he also on Skin? Is that where he Skins. started? Skins. Was he on Skins? Um, no, no, I'm thinking was, of somebody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. He was on yeah, Skins. He was on Skins. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's name? so I, he's been in a bunch of things. He's right. in this British white guy. Go on. Yeah, he's not British in this, but yeah, he's a <laughs> British person. But like, anyways, him and then the other guy. Uh, to, oh, one of the Fannings, but I don't know which one. I don't know okay. if it's Dakota or L, but it was one of the Fannings. Okay. Which I feel bad. I mean, they are both individual people who deserve respect as individuals. I will say, every time I see Dakota Fanning now, she reminds me of Thomas from Strike Anywhere. Oh my gosh, <laughs> she looks just like him. Just uh, and then the, just and then there was a main role from a dude who I think has gotten. Uh, I guess there was a feeling that the movie was a little bit more surfacey than it was deep, and I think that makes sense. I mean, uh, the, it's definitely a gimmick to do like the sci-fi western, mm-hmm. and it's a sci-fi western in that not like in the way that Star Wars is, but it's a sci-fi western in the way that like it's set. Okay, so first of all, it's directed by Jake Paltrow, oh. and I think that was a bit of a people had expectations because they're like, oh, Gwyneth Paltrow's brother or whatever. Man. I don't know why because I don't care Was about predicting him an apocalyptic future where everyone died from not being vaccinated? It was, it was definitely predicting. It was 100% predicting an apocalyptic future. But this was, uh, this was actually not apocalyptic. This was like, uh, that's what made it interesting. What, so what appealed to me about it was a world it built, which was... Mm. Um, which was, is a thing that you like. You like world I building. I love yeah. thought out world building things. Mm. Uh, and I love things that are pretty. It's pretty. It was shot very well. Uh, Although not and, shot on film. No, I don't think so. I think it was digital. Mm. Um, and it stars Elle Fanning. Uh, Nicholas Holt is the name of the guy we couldn't ah, remember his name, okay. and then Cody Smith McPhee has a huge role. Uh, and who I is didn't. That? Would we know him from anything else? So yeah, let me click on him so you might know who he is. You may know him from such things as. Uh, hold on, I have to get to things. Uh, Romeo and Juliet, All the Wilderness, Never The Congress, A Birder's Guide to Everything, Paranorman. Let me in. I love Paranorman. Let me in. I did up. Oh. That's part of our topic this evening. Yeah, remakes. <laughs> the Road. Anyways, whatever. He's been in things. You would recognize this. Like he's, I saw his face, and I'm like, oh, that guy. Right. He's very um, young boy, pretty, I guess. Uh, I love – I mean, so my attraction to it, though, is Michael Shannon. I love Michael Shannon. Mm. A future where water is so scarce that there's water stations – Mm. That the entire West, like all of it, is underdeveloped because there's no water to irrigate and grow. Uh, and, and there is some amount of future technology, but of course that's held back by other conditions. And I like that future where you only have to have – I like that kind of sci-fi where there's only little advancements mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the future is a little bit stark. You know, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't say it's definitely not post-apocalyptic, but it is uh, more dystopian than utopian. Okay. Um, and uh, anyways, all that to say, great. I think part of the concern is that it moves at a clip pace. It's a surprisingly short movie for what it is. It's mm-hmm. uh, it tells a multi-part story in like an hour and forty-five or an hour and forty, actually. Okay. Uh, and I think if they had pushed it to two hours, 
maybe we could have gotten some more character development uh, so that you cared a little bit more. Like, each character felt more like an archetype. It felt more like a sketch of a character than it did someone that you would connect with at a deep level. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's that disconnect between things happening to these people and you giving a shit about these people. Yeah. I mean, like I said, the story in and of itself is very sort of compelling because it's, you know, Mm. uh, murder and betrayal and people struggling to survive. Okay. But uh, (laughs) it felt a little light. It felt a little light. So as far as whack, I don't think I've watched anything truly bad in a little while, which is, I guess. You're a very forgiving individual. That's not necessarily true. Uh, I, I will say on the record, and this is the Two Cents movie this week, so you'll see me in writing talk about it too. Uh, everyone who loves Kung Fury is wrong. Um, it's okay. It's okay. It's funny. Speaking hyperbole, but it's funny. But like, I, I, I mean, I've seen people who hated it, and I definitely didn't hate it. Mm. But there are people who are just like, oh god, computer, it's so amazing. <laughs> oh god, oh. and I'm like, whoa, whoa, Not it's amazing. It's a half hour of the joke. Aren't the '80s weird? <laughs> and and look, we're gonna do weird things, and some of those weird things really work. Uh, the idea of of Hitler as the most infamous criminal who also was a kung fu master. Is like really funny to me. Like, oh, that's that's uh, that's funny. Okay. But uh, but they hit a lot of the same notes over and over again. That like by the end of the thing, you're kind of like, no, really, no, I get it. Right. That's cool. That's funny. In a half hour, <laughs> that's how you're feeling. Yeah, that's the that's thing. A it's only half hour. If they yeah. had done a full length movie, it wouldn't have. Well, I would compare it to. Did you ever see Manborg? Have either one of you seen no. Manborg? It's called Manborg. <laughs> it's worth watching. It's Is really it? funny, and it's the same thing as Kung Fury in that it's a very low budget. Barely, and I think that one's an hour, but it's like mm. not barely full length movie. And unlike Kung Fury, which did a big fundraiser, so they had a lot more money to pull into it. Kung uh, Manborg was done with on a smaller budget, mm. basically filmed in a dude's basement with a green screen, and then they just oh. do digital effects in the background. To, but, and it is a in the same way as Kung Fury, it is a concept movie. We mm. thought of something funny, and we're just going to go with it. Yeah, but it feels less repetitive. Like Kung Fury, it feels like. That joke, that joke, that it just feels like the same joke going over again. Yeah, and there's a few sequences in Kung Fury where there are extended fight scenes in a movie where all the fighting is digitally altered. No mm-hmm. one's actually fighting, and uh, and there's no jokes being made other than the fact that they're fighting. That just seems like such a waste of time in yeah. a joke movie. If it's yeah. a joke movie, mm-hmm. make more jokes. Right? You know, right. commit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's not, you know, there are certain comedies where you don't need gags because the overall tenor of the comedy is funny. Like, oh, this is so embarrassing, it's funny, or mm-hmm. it's weird, this is happening. This is a joke movie. It's a movie of gags. So mm-hmm. just fill it with gags. Yeah. Manborg worked for me. I mean, it couldn't be longer than it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not, not much <laughs> Not much but, more than now. No, 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 no. But well, for what it is... The jokes land. The acting is kind of funny. You know, like people really envelop a character, even if that character is itself a joke. Mm-hmm. It works. It's a joke that works. It's a shame, really, because they just did their first full length movie. The guys who did Mayboard, they did that movie, The Editor. Oh, and I, didn't really, I didn't really like it. No, not in I didn't love it. Let's right. put it that way. Yeah. I didn't see it. So. Um, anyway, so yeah, we were, we were going to so, talk about remakes. Remakes. So you jump into remake that? culture. So first, before we start, where does everybody stand on the topic of remakes? We're gonna. This is like our. Uh, this is like our uh, idea of the whole thing. We're yeah. gonna make a Re- judgment right now and then go. Yeah. From if there. if you were like a movie's coming out, it's a remake. What do you think? Oh man, go ahead, Jackie. Why? Okay. 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 
explain enough? explain that says a little enough. bit. Do, uh, well, no. What's your response? Like, why do you feel like that? Well, I feel like a lot of movies are of their time. I mm-hmm. mean, it, especially if they're set in the time when they were shot. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, the movies that we're going to be talking about today are very yeah. much that. And I feel like if they were to remake it in today's world and set it today, then a lot of the plot wouldn't work. Um, okay. But that's have not there, that's not just it. Have there been any remakes that you've enjoyed, though? No. No? I don't... Across the board, no. Um, the, um, the Whitney Houston version of Cinderella. Ah. All right. All right. All right. I appreciate that. Josh, what do you think? What is your... If someone's going to say, tell me what you think about remakes. I'm going to say 50-50. They're the thing. John Carpenter's The Thing is a remake. Sure. And that movie is my fucking shit. I love that movie. Sure. Wow. I adore that movie. Um, I also love the 1980 Tom Savini remake of Night of the Living Dead. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful movie. Sure. I think that... uh, I mean, of course, the original Night of the Living Dead is the king, but that movie updated with the new effects and everything, and then he changed the whole ending and all that stuff. Awesome. It's so good. It's so, so good. But then again, what I dislike is what happened around 2001, 2002 with The Ring. It started with The Ring. That's the Japanese remake of The Ring. And um, the problem that I have with that is that at that time, Mm -hmm. they were just taking these movies and recreating them shot for shot with white people. And they weren't adding any nuance to it. They weren't adding any extra to it, not even giving a different vision to it or anything. And that, to me, was like, that was fucking awful. Terrible. And all those movies were bad. Like, The Ring was bad. I thought that uh, Dark Waters was bad with Jennifer Connelly. I thought... um, The Grudge. uh, The Grudge. Holy shit. That movie, when I saw The Grudge the first time, I got a ticket for free (laughs) to see it at the film festival at The Prince. And I was sitting next to people who I didn't know, and I punched the dude sitting next to me because that's how scared the fuck I was. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then I didn't. I, I saw parts of the the remake, and I was like, "This is some horseshit." Mm-hmm. So that and like when a remake is something because of people's inability to read subtitles, that's why they did it. I'm like, "Fuck that! Yes. That shit is whack." But if it's like a remake because of like homage and because like you know, you could do it probably better with better effects. Better technology, whatever. Okay, I say go for it. So I'm 50-50 on the call. I think I have to... uh, I feel like I agree with you more than you, Jackie. Uh, Just in the sense of I want to be open-minded. And I think you bring up some good examples of the thing and whatever. I have a counterexample to you even of the Asian movie remade partly because of the fact that it's Asian. So it's remade with mm-hmm. white people. That would be The Departed. I think The Departed yeah. is actually... Yeah. Infernal maybe, Affairs is the I don't, original. I don't want to say that it's better than... It, than uh, is, it's Infernal Affairs, right? That's what I said, yeah. I it's, wouldn't say... It's a lot more watchable than... Infernal yeah, Affairs. I would say it's... I would say uh, it is at least unique and brings something to the property. Mm. Uh, I have to say, I'm, I'm going to go back, to though, to what you said, Jackie, which is why, in the sense of... Not as just a general, like, all remakes, why? Mm-hmm. But I want to know, well, why? Why are yeah. we remaking this? I do think uh, remakes can be done, even if a remake is a cheap cash-in on, on a name. I think that happens. Mm-hmm. Is you have a script, 
The script is interesting. Mm. No one's willing to put money into the script. This script does not have enough play to get the money. So we're going to attach it to another thing just so it gets made. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's always a bad idea. So from, uh, uh, I think this also happens with sequels. Mm. So supposedly there's a couple of uh, Starship Trooper sequels. Really, uh, the Universal Soldier sequel. Starship Troopers are there? There are five Starship five. Troopers. Five. I yeah. know there are four Universal Soldiers. Yeah, and the same with Whoa. Universal Soldier, like one of the more recent ones. Like, yeah. I don't know that all these scripts are done with those properties in mind. They just get added to it. Mm. Uh, and I think for a small filmmaker, that could be a huge thing. Like, right. okay, I didn't want this to be Universal Soldier movie, or I didn't want this to be a Starship Troopers movie. Uh, or whatever it is. Mm. and uh, But this is the only way I can get it made. So mm. part of me is like sensitive to that. On the other hand, I do think more often than not, mm. what happens with a remake is you try to change it, right? Mm. And you piss off the original audience so yeah. they don't enjoy it. And, but you still want to change it, but also play off the emotional resonance of the original property. Yeah. Right. And the new audience doesn't care about that. So for me... One of the best examples of what I don't like about remakes, and this is controversial, I understand, is Star Trek Into Darkness. Right. Which I loved. Yeah, I hate that movie with a passion. Yeah. And my number one problem with that movie uh, as a remake is that it plays off of the emotional weight in the original uh, movie. Wrath of Khan without ever earning it, without ever having it, but then also being like, but we're also the new version. And I'm like, you can't be new, but then play all of your power off of the old thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work for me. But that's my entire argument against. You think it's always like that? It's always I, like well, that. I mean, like capitalism. I think that they're they're <laughs> they're they're commodifying right, right, nostalgia, right. and yeah. you know, and that that's what they're doing. And not that I don't think that it can be successful or that I can like it, because sure. I, I mean, like. I saw Star Trek Into Darkness like three times, enjoy it? Yeah, three oh. times in theaters or something. Yeah. I, I'm I'm a very big star trek fan okay um but like i did i did i enjoy it i enjoyed it because like i got something more mm-hmm. but at the same time i was very aware that i'm like i'm not really like it, it felt very much like i had to explain what was going on to my friends right but that's fine i can do that but at sure. the same time like what what are you you're not building another you are cashing in on that. You are cashing in on the emotion that I had in mm-hmm. Wrath of Khan, which was a lot of emotion. A lot. A lot, yeah. a lot of emotion. Yeah. Cardo Montalban. Yeah. No, yeah. that movie. No. Well, and so I do, I do, I do have to think like part of my concern with the remake, and I, you know, it'll be good for us to get into specific examples of remakes mm-hmm. we want to talk about, but uh, just generally, I do want to know why. Like, uh, I think you could do a remake. First of all, no one's going to make this remake. But mm-hmm. if you could say, here's a movie that had a really interesting concept, mm-hmm. but it didn't work because it didn't have the funding or it was poorly directed or right. something about it was bad, that could maybe work for me. Maybe I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're going to take this property that promised the world and delivered not the world, right. and we're going to redo it. That maybe I, maybe I would like that. Maybe that sounds good. But how often does that happen? Usually if you're going to get a remake, it's a loved movie, mm-hmm. and oftentimes the people remaking the movie – don't know why people love it. That's my worry. Mm-hmm. Is that like when they so for example, the Robocop remake right. is actually a perfectly fine action sci-fi movie. action yeah. movie. Yeah. But no one liked Robocop because it was a perfectly fine sci-fi action movie. Right. There's something ridiculous about Robocop that yeah. people connected to. Like all of his movies, like all of uh, uh, Verhoeven's movies. Yeah. Same when they were talking about remaking Starship Troopers. I'm like, 
what are the chances that anyone remaking Starship Troopers understands why people like Starship Troopers? It's not because they're like, it's a badass action movie. No one really is. No hmm. one watches Starship Troopers, I don't think, and is like, I primarily like this movie because it's satisfying action. It's just a lot of fun. <laughs> I think a lot of people get how silly it is and what it's getting at, which is like kind of a critique of something. Maybe it doesn't always work, but that's sort of the point of it, you know? Mm. Um, Do you know my beef with Star Trek Trooper? Star go ahead. Trooper? What is your beef with Star Trek? It was originally Trooper? written by a Filipino guy, and the hero was supposed to be Filipino. Oh, really? But uh, Johnny Rico, they made him from Buenos Aires. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. It's like, yeah. That, okay. You mean the script, right? Because the book is the book. The book was written by a Filipino guy. I forget his name at the moment. I don't Are you kidding? I thought it was. Uh, I thought Star Trek Troopers was uh, Robert Heinlein. No. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, it was like a pulp book from. No, I've read the book. I own the book. You own the book? Yeah, I've read it. I love it. Oh, man. We have to go to the Hall of Records on this one, then. All right. Fine. Fuck you, Liam. <laughs> this is bad. We're going to have to like edit this. I out. know. I know. This always Jack- happens to so, us. So, Jackie, why don't, you, why don't you start with what... So, you're saying you've never seen a remake that you like. What remakes have you seen already that you find particularly frustrating? Well, I mean, uh, Dawn of the Dead. You didn't like yeah. the Dawn of the Dead remake. Yeah. I did not like I that. liked it. I know. Oh man, you're so I know, wrong. I know. This is totally controversial opinion, but go on. Um, no, no, no. Side note: you're so wrong about Starship Troopers. Robert A. Heinlein. He did write it. Yep. I love being right about Fuck. shit. <laughs> do I have to rescind my beef with Starship Troopers? Yeah, is I think you do. Movie? It's entirely possible that the uh, that the uh, um, that the uh, script was written by a Filipino guy and they cast a Filipino guy, but. Uh, Robert Heinlein is from Missouri. So ah, fair that's enough. That, that's how that goes, and he wrote it. Uh, oh, no, but you are right. A young soldier named Juan Johnny Rico. Yeah. It's from the Philippines, right? Um, I think you're right, but it doesn't say it in this Wikipedia article, which, of course, I just said... <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> I, I love that I just... Primary source. Si- side note, I love that I just said, oh, I have the book and I love it. It's a great book. And then meanwhile, I'm like, uh, well, what Wikipedia says... To be fair, I read the book back in the day because I enjoyed the movie so much. Right. And then, of course, the book and the movie are nothing alike each other. <laughs> alike each other? But go uh, on. No, you're so wrong. It's definitely Buenos Aires. This is this is just some uh, Filipino fucking uh, propaganda. Rage. Yeah, so I, yeah. Could, I could make my brothers rise up. Made up the brown high. rage. <laughs> Patriarchy. Jackie, tell us about the. And I will concur. I will go against Josh and concur with you that the Dawn of the Dead remake is bullshit. But I enjoyed it. Before we get there, let's hear a little bit from you. What 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 about the Dawn of the Dead remake makes it a good example of why remakes don't work? I don't know. I think the first version was just like it was like it felt more it was slower mm-hmm. and it, 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 it it's definitely iconic it was version, yeah and it, it i it was my first zombie movie okay maybe that's what it is and then to see it and i saw it with people and then like the atmosphere that i was seeing it in and people talking in the movie theater and it was mm-hmm. more this and kind of more flashy you know mm-hmm. it was not not it satisfying it way. Was not, it's not what i it's not what i wanted it's not what yeah. i wanted I was like, okay, this could have been like a movie I would have enjoyed, but it wasn't. It wasn't the movie I re- remember like loving when I saw. You know, you know what I mean. It wasn't that iconic movie. I mean, I do wonder to what extent we are even just limiting people. Like, would the people who made Dawn of the Dead, the remake, mm. both directors and screenwriters and whoever's involved with it, would it have mattered just to do an original zombie movie? Just 
not even call yeah. it. Yeah, just you can do still a put it in a mall. No one's going to say anything. Well, also, there's a there's a remake right now coming out of um, Nightmare City, which uh, starred oh, was really yeah, and Tom Savini is directing it. Which, if you've seen the original Nightmare City, they had running zombies in there. They also looked yeah. like they just had people got shit on their faces. But I mean, like <laughs> they were running zombie. I mean, to be zombies. Fa- to be fair, so, Nightmare City isn't clear what it's about. Yeah, it's ever. fucked up. It's yeah. not really a fun movie. I don't. I mean, it's fun, but it's not. It doesn't make you think at all. Like those movies from that time do, especially sure. from those. But again, Hugo Stieglitz is in it. You know, that's pretty cool. You know, and I mean, you mentioned a couple movies that worked for you as remakes, and a couple movies that didn't work for you right. as remakes. Do you have like a, a like a like a perfect example for you of a remake that pissed you off, like a remake that is like oh, just um, disgusting, like really bumpy. old boy? Oh right, yeah. old boy. Are you fucking kidding me? Really? Sure, dude. I tried watching it. I really did try. Yeah. I tried really hard. And uh, no, I can't do it. It's so... I mean, first of all, the original Old Boy, so awesome. I can remember when yeah. I saw it. Honestly, like, maybe maybe the connection between remakes and liking remakes is your connection to the original source material. Maybe if it's a movie that you super duper loved, mm-hmm. and they remake it, you're like, well, fuck that, because you've claimed ownership over your feelings for that first movie. And I guess that would be the case for Old Boy. But I just think... The whole movie just didn't work. Another movie that didn't work, Carrie, the Carrie remake. Yeah. Because, okay, so in the original Carrie, you've got Carrie White, you know, sure. Sissy Spacek, this innocent young lady, and she's doing all the Carrie stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. In the remake, they have them taking pictures of her with cell phones in the opening scene. And then she goes back to her mom's house, and there's like a rotary phone in there. And you're just like, dude, really? Like, you're going to have rotary phones in the same world that iPhones exist in? Like... I don't know. I'm just saying that was a thing. I didn't like, see the Carrie remake. You're um, fine without seeing it. I mean, I love Chloe Grace Moretz. Like, I think she's cool. Did you see it? What did you think? What did you think? I noticed the anachronism. Um, but, like, I was like, why, don't, why am I not just watching <laughs> Carrie? Carrie. Yeah. I mean, you, you could make an argument that the Carrie remake kind of fits with Carrie, only in that the Carrie movie sexualizes Carrie in a way that the Carrie book doesn't. I mean, Carrie as a book is not about uh, Sissy Spacek, who may, maybe some people think she's weird looking, but mm. I think she has an appeal. Mm. Uh, and if anything, you get the feeling that it's not that she's unattractive, either externally or internally. She's just in this awkward situation. Mm. In the Carrie book, Carrie kind of sucks. <laughs> she's ugly and she's awful. Yeah. And this is about an awful person getting revenge in some ways. Mm. In the Carrie movie, you're kind of like, oh man, Carrie. If only, her, yeah. if only in the right moment I could just love you, <laughs> and then, and then you, and then you would not need to kill the whole town, and it would be all okay. But like, that's I think that's it makes it a different story. Right. It doesn't make it bad. Like that's no. not a judgment of the Carrie movie at all. I love that movie, mm. but I do think it's a different story. So I, you know. Maybe the remake could work in conjunction with that, mm. but everyone I know who's—I didn't hear anything good. I didn't see it, but I didn't right. hear anything good about the Carrie remake. No, there really isn't anything. Is there any any remakes that really bummed you out? I mean, there's a lot. Probably, Is I there think any one. Uh, well, so I mean, like I said, I do want to defend the idea of remakes. The problem for me is that uh, the idea of remakes doesn't bother me at some level. But yet, I can think of so many more examples. So both of the ones that you mentioned. I saw the Poltergeist remake. I didn't see that one yet. Let me tell you about a big-ass turd that I saw. It's called the Poltergeist remake. That was a piece (laughs) of shit. It was not good. The only thing that I thought was kind of funny was like, oh, yeah, now they got flat-screen TVs that the girl's talking to. All right, cool. I'm in with that. That's pretty funny. 
but then everything else is just so bullshit. It's just yeah. fucking. I mean, like one of the things about the original, like the folklore of the original Poltergeist, is that mm-hmm. they used actual skeletons in the scene when she falls in the pool mm-hmm. because sure, they were cheaper sure. than the fake ones, right? Yeah, they're all CG in this one, which is what you know. I mean, like the thing prequel was the same thing, like all yeah. CG. And it's just like, dude, that looks like shit. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. just like, what? You're I mean, part, part of this conflict, though, is maybe not with the idea of the remake, but with our uh, nostalgia for a certain time in filmmaking. So that uh, modern filmmakers resort to modern techniques. Mm-hmm. And those modern techniques, in comparison to those original techniques, don't work for us. Mm-hmm. You know? Go ahead. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. Oh, god damn. That that, that's that's what I that that's exactly what I was thinking the entire time I was like going through my head about this whole conversation we were going to be having. Um, Just that I liked, you know, dudes in suits and Mm. I like Corey Feldman. Wasn't he the voice of Donatello in that movie? Oh, I have no idea. One of the Corys was. Do you know how many times I've seen (laughs) all the original movies? I love those movies so much. And then for this. Including the ninja rap bit, the the ice vanilla ice. Was ninja. Yes, ninja. Wow. ninja. It's a ninja. hard style, ninja. man. <laughs> ninja. ninja, ninja. Sorry, go ahead. Go, go on. Ninja, go ninja, go. Go, yeah. go ninja. It was really good, and uh, I and think so I even saw... learned the dance. I'm not right. Gonna... No, yeah, work. And you saw this new one. Yeah, I saw the new one. I didn't even bother with it. How was it? It was terrible. I thought it was terrible. People liked it, but like, I wanted to see like campy. I mean, uh, I watched. I watched it. I didn't. You I, saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't see it in the theater. Someone had it on somewhere, and then so I yeah, watched. It was like in the background, mm-hmm. and so I watched parts of it. And I will say, they surprisingly got some of the banter right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the banter doesn't fit with a movie that actually, for large portions of it, is kind of dark. Mm-hmm. Like it tries to get intense. Like the the foot are even are just like terror. They're just like so. This is like following the the new thing of taking all the fun shit and taking all the fun out of it. Yeah, and and yeah. again, all CG action. The yeah. turtles are CG. Everything is CG. Um, they, like I said, they have some great one-liners that actually some of the snappy bits are snappier than the stuff in the original movies. Yeah. So you're like, oh, I wish, wish they'd written those snappy bits for the original movie. But mm-hmm. that is the only bit of nostalgia that works, and mm-hmm. it doesn't work when the rest of the movie doesn't reflect that. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. And again, um, why not make a new movie about? Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess it doesn't work for Ninja Turtles because that's so specific. Yeah, that's already a franchise. But like Poltergeist, so. like make a new ghost. Like they're making ghost house movies all the time. Why remake well, Poltergeist? See, so what do you think about like the the Fike uh, remake of Ghostbusters? Fine. What's his name? So here's the thing. Um, it sounds like the I, I I'm again. I like to withhold my judgment on these okay. things. So uh, with Robocop. I was very open to Robocop being good, mm. and some people liked it, so I was open to it, and then I didn't appreciate it. Yeah. With the Ghostbusters movie, there's enough of a difference there that maybe it'll be great. Like for, uh, I'll give you a great example of a movie. I think you could remake Neverending Story. Whoa. I think you could. Dude, that's a fucking <laughs> heavy. Here's why I think that. The kid in Neverending Story, I would like to picture him being tortured in public. I hate that kid. 
every time I watch that movie now. Atreyu, that guy? No, not Atreyu, the kid reading oh, the book. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. The, Rewatching, the... when I was a kid, I loved yeah. that kid because he right. was just the kid I identified with. I watch it now and I'm like, everyone should beat you up, dude. Atreyu <laughs> should beat you up. You were the worst kid ever. I like to refer to that as the Luke Skywalker syndrome. Yeah. 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 Because you go back to Star Wars, you're like, that whiny little like, butthead. Luke Skywalker's a dick. <laughs> I know. I'm fucking in Peru. And Uncle yeah. Owen fucking give their lives to protect his whiny ass? Yeah, really? no, totally. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah That's yeah. the worst. I'd be like, yo, that kid's a brat. You could take him. He went over yeah. there to find his droid. Yeah. <laughs> Later, dude. No, so, I, again, I, and so this is what I'm saying. Like, I think that's a movie that you could remake. But what would suck about it, I'll tell you right now what would suck about it, is they would make it dark. Mm. Which take never, all the fun out of it. Don't get me wrong. Never Ending Story 2 is dark, mm. but they would make it dark and not fun. You watched the second one? Oh, Yeah. Did you watch the second one, too? I never watched the second one. I didn't even one. know it existed. Oh, it's so good. What? <laughs> it's not good in the same way, but it is. It's not good in the same way in that even as a kid, I knew NeverEnding Story was a better movie than NeverEnding Story 2. Right. However, now that I don't think NeverEnding Story is actually a good movie anymore, like I rewatch it and I'm like, oh, parts of this are really bad. Uh, then I can watch NeverEnding Story 2 and realize parts of NeverEnding Story 2 are so weird and strange and mm. kind of odd that like... It appeals to me. I kind of like it. You know, mm. like there's just strange decisions in that movie. Right. Right. There was right. also uh, uh, wasn't there also a labyrinth sequel? There, I think there was. was there? I think there was a labyrinth yeah. sequel. Oh man, uh, I don't think you could remake Labyrinth. Uh, that's no, a movie, but no, no, not without. I mean, but there, Bowie in the sequel. But like, for for example, like if they, uh, you know, when they they remade um they remade um not Black Christmas, they remade uh, uh, Christmas, Christmas Evil. Evil. Yeah. Is that I don't you know from what I hear because the yeah. remake is fine like it's not that I mean well I mean also think about though there's ways to innovate a remake that it's not just you know like Magnificent sure. Seven versus Seven Samurai it's kind of genius honestly that's true actually like, and this is something we haven't t- t- thought about because I, I'm thinking of direct remakes whereas mm-hmm. you could be so strongly influenced by something so think about the the that line that you just pointed out from Seven Samurai. To Magnificent Seven, to uh, one of those Bugs movies. Is it Ants or Bugs Life? Uh, Ants, I believe. Ants, yeah, I think you're right. Whichever one, I was watching it going, oh, this is that movie. Mm -hmm. But I think all those movies work in their own way, and I don't think I have a problem with that. But again, if someone was like, whoever new cool director is going to remake Seven Samurai specifically, Mm. A, they're probably going to cast white people, and B, uh, it's yeah, man, that's patient so- zero for my main beef with remakes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> so, uh, what are some remakes coming up that you guys are particularly concerned about? I know you mentioned. I want you to talk about this. The craft. They're remaking the craft. <laughs> they are remaking. Are they the craft. making it with all white guys in it or something? Um. Okay. So I'm concerned about it. Sure. I, I have a lot of reasons. Sure. Um. But I think those reasons could be tempered by the fact that they did um, enlist a director who is a woman. And she it, directed this movie that was just out, um, I think, uh, Sundance, called The Honeymoon. It was a horror movie. That's a great movie. Did it you like a, it? Honeymoon is a great movie. So that that's And that's what I heard. So then I was like, and she's also directing this Scream television series that's going that's currently on it. I don't know anything about that. Um, so it's the movie, mm-hmm. Scream. Sure, sure. Um, but it is adapted for television, I suppose, and or they grow it. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Fair enough. Yeah, no. Not interested. But go on yeah. with the other stuff, though. But, I mean, okay, so I have a, I have a few things. There's there's a lot of threads within the movie that are very, um, that are very, I think, that they might temper down. Uh, 
one of the girls in the movie is black and um, all these girls are misfits in this mm-hmm. movie. The four of them are misfits, right? And they all have reasons to want to get revenge on certain people. Sure. Um, so one of the girls is black, and uh, Christine Taylor is her like nemesis in the movie. She's also on the swim team. And she's racist. Yes, and she's racist. And she says blatantly racist things. And right. and it is like a, a very good picture of bullying in high school. And I don't think that they would do it in the remake. I think that's fair. And I think that it was really important to, to show like an ac- accurate portrayal of that. Mm-hmm. Side, side note about that. Um, that actually aspect kind of actually pissed me off about the craft only in that I felt like she had the strongest argument. Like they were all misfits and all had things mm-hmm. to get. But I was like, yeah, but but that girl's racist. Like everyone else, it's <laughs> oh, kind of yeah. like norm. I don't get me wrong. Like not that bullying isn't damaging and, you know, sensitivity, whatever. Yeah. But I was like, but that girl's a straight racist. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like they, again, and this is a difference. Like when I saw the craft as a kid, you know, I was one of those kids who was like mid-level. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't bully people, but I didn't like defend kids who got bullied. Like I right. just didn't care about that. And then that movie came out and I remember thinking, well, those other girls are just kind of like nerds and I don't really care about them. But that girl's got to deal with that racist. Like I, and I just couldn't, I couldn't now looking back on it, I was being a jerk, but like, it just seems so different. Like everyone's experience is so different. Yeah. I was, I was bullied for being poor for like a good portion. So the Veruza bulk, her storyline, like not that, not that like I had any kind of my, my, my mother was a saint, you know, but like we were, not we did not have money sure so like her storyline was like dear to me and her defensiveness was also dear to me sure i mean i have i have issue with the fact that like they kind of get theirs but power gets out of control whatever so i have i have issues with the movie ideologically um because it has strong feminist themes in it for a while and then they kind of dissolve into yeah yeah you shouldn't take matters into your own hands. Yeah. You know oh, what I mean? Like, yeah. This is what happens when you empower women to an extent. So, I'm, so I am interested. They, they always become power-hungry witches. Exactly, exactly. Wait a minute, what? Um, I, like, I like the movie until it gets to there, you know? And then, sure, sure. You know, but, um, but you're worried about the remake, that I'm they're worried. not even going to have any of that social nuance in there. Yeah, I'm worried that there's not going to be the social nuance in there. And, I, I, and I'm worried that they're going to cast women that, that look all the same like mm. these these women that were were actresses in this movie had very unique looks about them mm. um i mean no it wasn't nev campbell one of those nev girls? campbell yeah. was i feel like she, she was pretty she was pretty standouty yeah. but she was pretty <sighs> she, yeah she had that uh, here's the thing i don't think Faruza bulk would have the popularity now that she had in the 90s no, there was really. something about the 90s where someone like Faruza bulk could make it whereas now I do feel like when you look at actresses, they tend to be more standard. Like they mm. tend to be, and that's no offense to them. They can look however they want, but I just mean like Hollywood's choices and who to cast seems less interesting. I mean, that's one of the things I think is interesting actually about uh, the main people on Game of Thrones, that there's some weird people on Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. but you know, HBO has to pad them with hot people in the background. Mm-hmm. So the main characters can look like whatever they want, but extras always have to be super hot, especially if they're going to get naked. Like right. that's like a thing yeah. on Game of Thrones. It feels like to me, at least. So, but like in the same sense, like uh, yeah. But Faruza Balk is an interesting, and then um, the main actress, Robin, Robin Tunney. Yeah, she was not your average. Like she wasn't, but she was. She was a pretty. You know, they're they're all pretty girls, but sure, they're, sure, they're sure. all interesting looking, right? Um, and and different. And Robin I'm, Tunney you know, was the was the black girl in the movie. No, she no, was the, a, the. I guess you'd say she's the main protagonist. She's the one with actual powers. Yeah. Ah, okay. Did you see it? Yeah. 
I yeah, saw yeah, it. I just don't know the names of it. Yeah, I remember. I, I just think. know that the black girl was in um, Half Baked. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. One of my favorite movies. <laughs> There's something also um, very nine, like nineties, like aesthetic about the movie yeah. that I don't know how it translates. Are there even goths anymore? Is that still a thing? I I I think that they exist, but I, but I don't know if they exist without irony. Is the yeah, thing yeah. I worry about that. The music was sick in the movie, right? Um, yeah. it, it had that. Wasn't there like a cover song on there? Like, it, uh, How soon is now cover? Yeah, by um, oh, yeah. but by that raspy voice band, voice band. I forget who it was. I don't know who did that cover. They they also sang the theme song for the hit TV TV show Charmed. Oh, oh um, yeah, which yeah, yeah. Which show? Right. In, in they, the the, the witch market was really good for them. Yes. Right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Yeah, I think you. I mean, I I kind of get your concern on this one in that. Uh, and I don't think it's about the director, who may be great, yeah. but uh, you have to deal with where Hollywood is at as well. And is mm-hmm. Hollywood in a place where a remake of The Craft is going to be as interesting? I just think there is something, again, The Craft is not perfect. And yeah. I think you're right that it does come down to being like, I don't know, girls with powers, can't trust but, them. But they develop, they develop the relationships between the girls and the relationships sure. between the girls. I mean, it passes the Bechdel test like a million times over. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like... Those relationships are the crux and the importance, and when you let power override your relationships, that's when this shit hits the fan, I guess. So yeah. I, I think that it was it was a, it was a formative movie for me. It was important for me. That's when witch shit was really big. I read a lot of YA novels that were like <laughs> witch shit, and like that was like a great like self empowerment escape ones. thing. Yeah, yeah, oh my yeah, god, yeah. so many good ones. But like that, you know, that's important to me. And I mean, I also love the special effects in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, and it, they weren't. They weren't terrible, was the thing. Sure. But they weren't... I'm afraid of what's going to happen to it. It's going to be overblown. They're going to like highlight them. You know what I mean? Yeah. They'll make it like effects heavy, which is yeah. not yeah. what the story needs no, at all. Isn't. That's how interesting. About, how about you, Liam? What, what movies are you worried about? Oh, upcoming remakes that yeah. I'm worried about? Well, there's one I'm going to leave for you, because I think it's yeah. you're the one to talk about. I this. got a thing to say. Yeah, 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 about that. <laughs> um, you know, there's probably there's probably a few. I, I, it's interesting you brought up earlier the Ghostbusters one because right. I I, I kind of want to highlight that in a sense of like maybe that's what I have some hope in. Mm-hmm. In that, like, I do think it's interesting. The female thing is interesting, mm-hmm. and the then, director did just do Spy. Sure, sure, that. sure. Spy is amazing. Yeah, uh, and I do think it's interesting that uh, there was a lot of pushback when they were like, "Oh, and we're going to do a, a male one too," and everyone's like. Oh, that sounds terrible. They're just they're just overreacting to the pushback against the female one. But I think if the idea is that we're going to do a series of movies about Ghostbusters all in the same universe, mm-hmm. I'm into that. Yeah, uh, yeah. there's I, enough I Ghostbusters think, cosplayers at every goddamn convention. That you yeah, I I, I just think more. it is a world. I I think Ghostbusters one and two, as good as one is and as passable as the other is, <laughs> they point at a possibility that is not fully explored. Mm. That that there is more there to mine, and we're not going to watch it go. Oh, the same old ghost gags again. Yeah, like I just think there is more there. Uh, granted, I am also concerned because it's like, are they going to do? Are they going to bring back Slimer? Are we going to have yeah. to? It, it, I think it'll work if, if it's not a new movie. I, it, we don't need nerd homage. We don't right. need uh, you know fan pandering. It's not something that you need. If Bobby um, Brown's in it, I'll be stoked. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, but I, like, it's it's sort of to me very different from say a comic book movie in which like people always con- get concerned with comic book movies and fan pandering. I still think they don't pander enough. 
Mm. I think that uh, aside from something we've discussed before, which is the race issue, right? They can cast these characters any race they want. I don't give a fuck about that. Mm. But the idea of like. Uh, comic book movies should fan pander by having the most ridiculous comic book elements to them right. and not trying to be realistic. That hasn't happened yet. Not a single... I mean, I think we're getting close. We're getting close. But I don't think a single comic book movie has fully gone, oh, you know who might like this movie? People who read comic books. Let's go tell the comic book on this. <laughs> but uh, that... Uh, so I'm getting distracted. I think as far as other upcoming remakes, I mean, there's just so many coming up. Like, mm-hmm. I, when you asked me about this, I actually went to look at a list. Yeah. And it's like every significant movie ever. I think that people are like, well, everyone's forgotten about these movies. It's time to bring them out. Yeah, I don't know. Do I don't know that? what the con- I don't know what the reasoning is bet- behind some of these. I remakes. think ultimately Jackie's right. It's all capitalism. It's, there's no artistic yeah. venture in any well, of this. Well, let, let's move to yours because I have stuff to say about that too. All but right. I want to hear from you. Big Trouble in Little China proposed remake by The Rock with The Rock <laughs> playing fucking Jackie. Big Burton. Trouble in Little China. Yo, I will fight The Rock and I might die. <laughs> I might get my face stomped into a million pieces, but I'll go down swinging defending that goddamn movie. There's no reason. There's no reason. There's no fucking reason you should remake that goddamn movie. Not is, a one. It is um, for what it is. You know, it's not you know a, a French film. <laughs> it's, it's not a it's not a deep movie. No. But for what it is, it is a near perfect movie. Yes. Yeah. It, everything it tries to do. Everything it's about. Both have the Jack Burton tank top. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, you have at least one. Big Trouble in Little China theme tattoo. I do. I have David Lopan tattooed on my arm. That's I do. Sick. And he's over here somewhere. <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, Troy Souders at Chinatown Eddie's. What's up, Troy? Um, yeah, I mean, so I, there's a number of things to say about this. One is why remake it in the first place. Right. The movie is if you release a special edition Blu-ray, you're making money. So why try Absolutely. to cash in on a remake? Who is going to see this remake? Is it? Uh, do we really think that? Hardcore Big Trouble Little China fans are like, I can't wait to see a remake. (laughs) And are we thinking that a movie called Big Trouble in Little China, that non-fans of that movie already are going to look at that title and go, that sounds interesting. (laughs) Let's go check that out. Big Trouble Little China, never heard of it. Let's see. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And I'm also concerned, again, with the casting of The Rock, not because Rock the Rock, uh, or let's just call him Dwayne Johnson, as his right. name is. Not because Dwayne Johnson isn't an amazing guy. I, as you know, right. we just recently on a podcast, I pointed out my esteem for the rundown. Right. Mm-hmm. Also starring that guy's name, I forget. And my, oh, uh, Sean William Scott. Which Mikey Smack got so stoked that I said he was an <laughs> underrated, underrated actor. actor. <laughs> but I also love the, the Fast and Furious movies. You do love the Fast yeah. and Furious. and the Rock's in them. Yeah, that's great. Not gonna lie, love that <laughs> shit. Oh, Fast and Furious. I sat so through cool. the entirety of Pain and Gain. So, wow. I had some negative feelings about Pain and Gain, but overall, it's a fun movie. Melanie fir- like I like the first like forty minutes of it. I yeah. really like that. I mean, like I'm a wrestling fan. Oh, well, there you go. He's not. I find him to be a goober in the wrestling universe right sure, now. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but I will watch any of his movies because I kind of like his charisma, even though I sometimes hate the distasteful things he says. Well, yeah, he's <laughs> got some things to figure out. But here's but here's the, my issue with him the big in, in, in this movie. <laughs> One, it is such a clear to me cash in move. You mm-hmm. cast you nine times out of ten, you cast Dwayne Johnson because you want his fans to come. Mm-hmm. You don't. It's a way of saying like we want to make sure this movie does well and we know people will pay to see him regardless yeah. of what the movie is. Two, uh, Kurt Russell. Yeah, come on. Works 
in that movie in a way that I'm not convinced Dwayne anybody Johnson will else. work. Yeah, well, anybody else will. Yeah. Well, yeah, anybody. Kurt but, Russell doing John Wayne in a Big Trouble Little China movie <laughs> oh is gosh. fucking genius. <laughs> yeah. No one else is going to be able to do that. No. I, I mean, was, uh, I, dude, the only thing about it that makes me a little bit smile is The Rock with a mullet. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a obviously they're not going to do that. I'm just saying. And I just don't. And it's not that The Rock hasn't played uh, characters that have flaws or characters mm-hmm. that have uh, unbackupable ego problems, or like there's definitely <laughs> aspects of the character uh, in, in Big the Trouble Rock. that that The Rock can do. But overall, I mean, first of all, part of the appeal of Kurt Russell is even if you buy him as a tough character, he's not a physically imposing character. No. Mm-hmm. So when uh, our man, uh, what is his name in Big Trouble in Little China, Jack, Jack Burton. Jack Burton. When Jack Burton is faced with uh, problems, mm. you believe that he can't actually solve them. That he's not actually yeah, tough. Exactly. Like it, you That's put part you, of the charm. You yeah. put the him rock shooting the the ceiling and the rocks hitting him yeah. in the head and him getting knocked out. Him getting pinned under yeah. the big warrior guy. Mm-hmm. Dude, inevitably, hilarious. inevitably, the rock is going to kick actual ass yeah. in the Big Trouble in Little China, and that doesn't work for me. That doesn't work no. for the story. No. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, it, it totally sucks. I, if that happens, man, I'm going to be super duper bummed. Do you, do you think part of this that. is just a cash-in on John Carpenter? You know, John Carpenter just had the series at BAM. He's got mm. two comic books going. I don't know how successful they are. but uh, And there's a bunch of nostalgia for his films overall. Mm. Do you think this is a John Carpenter cash-in, or do you think this is just... We have the rights to the film, and The Rock is available, so let's just make it. No, this is definitely a cash-in maneuver, I think, because it is such an iconic movie. You know what I mean? Like, sure. That's what they're banking on, that they're going to make another icon. No one does it because it's like, oh, no, it's going to be so artistically freeing. To Jackie, them. what do you think? I'm going to say cash-in, but that was predictable, right? Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> not that I'm saying it's not a cash-in, but what are they cashing in on? Are they just cashing in because they have the name and they have The Rock? Or do they think that there is enough weight be- behind it being a John Carpenter-specific movie that that's oh. what they're banking on? I don't know. I, I, th- I think like if they're going for that, why wouldn't they go for Escape from New York? Why wouldn't they go for yeah. one of the bigger, more accessible not that Big Trouble, you have to be some weirdo like yeah. Jedi to like Big Trouble in China, but I mean, like, dude, Escape from New York is epic. It's so good. And our other John Carpenter movies are just so good. What were you going to say? I don't want to. I got lost in that thought. Okay, because I was about to go on a rant related to that, which is this. If they announced an Escape from New York remake uh-huh. with The Rock. I wouldn't yeah, actually yeah. be offended by that. Uh, now that doesn't make okay. it. That doesn't mean it's going to be good. Like there, right. it has just as much potential to fail. But that makes sense for me because Snake Plissken is, is actually a badass, a, badass. a one-eyed, and badass. I just like The Rock as an actual badass. I don't like the idea of him being like, oh, I don't know what I'm yeah. doing. I'm an idiot. Goofy Rock he's is kind like of an... quivering when he sees gangs coming through yeah. the streets. And right. He's not. You know what I mean? Like the whole. There's. I don't. I don't buy fear in him. You know what I mean? I don't buy that Grace Law would meet the rock and be like, who's this guy? Right. I just, uh, and again, none of this is about disrespecting Dwayne Johnson, who I do find charming. He's a charming <laughs> guy. Charming. And, charming. and he could crush me in his armpit. Like yeah. my entire body and my head would yeah. be smushed. Uh-huh. But again, escape from New York and the uh, escape from New York has a strong following, mm-hmm. but, um, does it have the sort of following that would be that offended by remake? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think that you're picking on more nerdier people who have the same passion for Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the people who love Big Trouble in Little China are, like, super duper nerd about it. 
Well, and I feel like if you're an Escape from New York fan, you already have to deal with the abortion that is Escape from L.A. Yeah, that's a bad so... movie. That's a bad, bad, bad movie. Oh, it's so bad. I oh, it's so bad. I've watched it enough that I enjoy it now, but yeah, it's really bad. I, 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 <laughs> I, did I tell you? I have a friend. He doesn't, he doesn't listen to the podcast, so I don't think he'll hear this, but he, um, he, that's his one of his favorite Chuck Carpenter movies, Escape from L.A. Escape from and LA. he thinks it's so much he, he better than Escape LA from New York. Not New York. He puts New York towards the bottom. Oh, no. Of John Carpenter movies. Well, then, clearly he has no idea what he's talking it's about. It's terrible. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's weird. Okay, whatever. Yeah. But I mean... Um, okay, so we've we've covered a few uh, remakes. Is there any remake you've heard about that you? I mean, we mentioned Ghostbusters mm. communally a little bit. Mm. Is there any remake you've heard about that maybe you have some hope for? Or you're not too worried about? No, no, can't think of one. Can you? Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, I, I, again, I, I'm not huge. I hear about the remakes constantly. I hear about them constantly. Yeah. And uh, just the other day, someone said, oh, they're remaking this. And all of the internet is like upset. And I guess, so this is why I kind of want to balance. I, I think I, at some base level, I probably do agree with, with you, Jackie, more than I'm letting on. Only in that I can think of so many more remakes I hated yeah. than remakes that are worthwhile. On the other hand, you know, when they didn't make the big trouble in Little Trouble announcement, the big trouble in Little China announcement, the response on Twitter was as if they had killed a puppy live on TV. <laughs> like it was like this is the horror of horrors. And yeah. I'm like, as much as I don't like it, and I'll talk shit. I I'll tell you one, oh, here's a remake I one hundred percent have no faith in. Gem. That's not even a remake. I, they don't have the synergy in there. There's no holograms. It's not. It like, is not related no to gem at all. But here's the thing: when I saw that, I definitely made my voice. Oh, the gem trailer doesn't look anything like gem. It's you know whatever. But but I wasn't like. And this is why the world is awful and Hollywood <laughs> is an abortion. Like well, it, there's some part of me that kind of thinks like like I get it. Like we should voice our opinion and not be afraid to voice our opinion. Uh-huh. But I also. I do think there's a problem all I mean this is all over social media but I think with movie Twitter it bothers me. If people like people on like for example social justice Twitter maybe sometimes they get a little antsy and overreact to stuff but that's for a good reason. Mm. When someone is like literally scarifying themselves because Big Trouble Little China has the rock in it. Right. Part of me's kind of like yo brosif I'm not stoked either but you need to chill. It's not boy. it's not the it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. But I think that that's symptomatic of like internet culture right now. You right. Know? And you guys had a big conversation on hyperbole and overstatement. And sure. I'm going to go ahead and say that you can like make broad sweeping statements and then like have exceptions and that's fine. Yeah. But I mean like the the dramatics that are attached to it like I'm, you know, like I don't have faith in remakes, but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to like open my heart to a good one you know sure. what I mean <laughs> like you know I and again this is why I, I still defend the role of critics you know mm-hmm. someone the other day was saying how useless uh, criticism are. is over and critics yeah. are useless and I'll tell you what hearing people's opinions about a movie before I have to go and spend my money on it is fucking helpful to me especially yeah. when I know the mm-hmm. ones who I think have generally good opinion does that mean that I trust everything they say no there are people who I think have good opinions that I still disagree with them on specific movies that mm-hmm. I'm like oh you hated that that's really stupid yeah. you know mm-hmm. but like on the other hand I do think there's a role there so that you can hear ahead of time oh you know what a lot of people who I like mm-hmm. saw the fucking uh uh, whatever gem remake or whatever, and they, were way and they thought it. it was great, yeah. and so you know what? Yeah. I'll give it a chance. I'll try right. it out. Um, that I think is, but like you said with the hyperbole thing, I just think that 
it's not about hyperbole for me in yeah. the sense of like that's a terrible idea. That mm. is a terrible idea, but uh, there is also some reality on my end. Like my investment in the terrible idea is to say I'm not going to see that movie. Mm. I can tell you right now, my plan at the moment is not to see Big Trouble in Little China, right? Unless some a mountain like, of opinion yo, comes at me of people who I trust saying I got to see a sneak preview and it was amazing. Yeah. So what you're saying is you won't see it at all. I might not. I mean, like I said, things I didn't see. The Carrie remake. I didn't see the Carrie. You remake. don't need to. Poltergeist remake. Don't need to see it. I might watch the Carrie. I might I watch the Poltergeist the remake. Evil Dead remake. I was not upset with. I know. See, I have I, an Evil Dead tattoo. Maybe, also, maybe you I, might watch it anyway. Is that what you're going to say? Yeah, I, I kind of have a penchant for 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 being angry. <laughs> so you want to see something that's going to upset you? Sometimes, right. yeah. I'm I, 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 I kind of like being proven right. Is that called rage watching? Do you rage watch things? Yeah, I, I rage watch and hate watch all the time. Uh, yeah, I like have I have you know like I will follow TV series into the ground. Like I will I will continue. I'll be like I hate what they're doing and I'm going to keep watching this. Like I won't stop. That I will do because sometimes a TV series has an overarching story that I want to see resolved, even though the particulars at that moment yes. don't work for me. Mm-hmm. So I say this to people all the time. Um, I am still invested in finding out how Game of Thrones wraps up. I'm still invested in finding out how Arrow wraps up. But individual episodes of those shows... Now, Game of Thrones is partly because I love the books. So maybe that's a bad mm-hmm. example. But even like Arrow. like There are episodes of Arrow that I think are some of the worst television I've ever put myself through. Mm-hmm. But I want to know how it's going to end up. Like I'm, I'm so invested in the overall arcing story that the fact that four episodes in a row are bad mm-hmm. isn't going to pull me off no. of it. But there, I do have a limit where I'll be like, <laughs> I'm done. This, yeah. yeah, you'll just go. I really don't have. Oh one my gosh, wow, I, I kind of love that actually. <laughs> I like. I don't have shame. So if somebody asks me what I'm doing, I kind. I'll be like, Yeah, I finished all of Highlander, and I and I love the Highlander. <laughs> That's not true. I watched it as a kid, and I have no idea if I'd like it anymore. It's, but when I was a kid, I thought it was great. I, pre- pre- I probably, I'm pretty sure we probably shouldn't have watched it as children uh, looking. Yeah, um, it was but like, it was on in the afternoon, every yeah. afternoon, oh, all yeah. weekend long. It was, you never watched the Highlander. No, show. dudes getting their heads cut off. Sex, French dude. There was a boat at one time. Which Wait, on the there, show was that? Was that the movie? I remember the movie. The show was Duncan McLeod. So I watched. The side movie. note: I had a. Uh, I had a preceptor in seminary whose name was Duncan McLeod. Oh my god! And so I came in. And he's like, "So I'm Duncan McLeod," and I went of the Clan McLeod, and he's like, "Oh, I've never heard that before." And he was like, really kind of. He was actually really kind of pissy about it. But then he sort of softened up as the year went on. And then he told me how when he was somewhere, and even though he said to people that he was not the French actor, I think he was French, British, whatever. Yeah, he was French. I think that he wasn't the actor who played Duncan McLeod. These tourists when he was in Germany. Wanted to take pictures with him because yes. his name was Duncan McLeod. They were—I forget where no, he said they were from. Shit. They were—they were Southeast Asian, not China. Uh, what did he say? Oh, I don't remember where he said they were from. But he just—he was just chatting some people up on a train in Germany, and they were like, "He was like, yeah, my name is Duncan McLeod," and they were like, "Highlander." And he was like, "Well, obviously, it wasn't on the show." And they were like, "Can we still get a picture with you?" Nice. And he was like. What and, wow. and so uh, and he just couldn't figure it out. He's like, I, they just, I guess they just like Highlander. I don't know. I but, heard there was a stereotype about Asians and cameras. Is that a thing? Oh, that's fair. I that's fair. I never heard it. They did get a picture with him though. Right, right, right. I, I'm not making it up. Right? <laughs> Way to go. I'm sorry. Good job. Pretty funny. The point is, is that his name was Duncan McLeod. That's all uh-huh. I care about. Yeah. I hate you, Josh. <laughs> 
Whatever, man. Anyway, look, you li- look. You watched Pitch Perfect too, all right? No one's I did, perfect on purpose, and I loved it. Oh my god! No, I didn't love it. Can I immortalize that Evan Valella said that Pitch per- uh, Pitch Perfect Two was perfect on Facebook, and I took a screen cap of that comment <laughs> so that I can use that. Evan yeah. said that. Evan said it. Oh man, Evan, you are the a loser. Times they are a changing, huh? Does he? So is he into that movie? I didn't know he was into that. I I'm I think that was probably sarcasm. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> but I'm sure you can use it later on. Yeah, I was like, and I, I stated that I, I took a screen cap. So there you go. Like, All right, let's do our uh, upcoming. I mean, do we have any further things to say about? I think we pretty much saw. Uh, I mean, I you know. We're all pretty negative on the remakes. <laughs> we feel like they're usually a money yeah, grab. And Rock, I feel, if you're listening, fuck you, man, for even putting this idea in my head. I would never say fuck you to The Rock. I love you. I love you, yeah, Dwayne Johnson. I will, I will go down swinging. I don't care, but I will. I love you, Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> I will not see this movie, but I love you. Okay. Uh, right. Let's talk about things we're excited about coming up. Right. Let's wrap up. Go ahead, Jackie. You can start. Um, I, um, we're releasing the fourth issue of Bedfellows Magazine in yes. July. Um. Uh, so where can people If people are interested in Bedfellows Where can they find this Bedfellowsmagazine.com Cool um, And I'm going to be reading um, July 12th At um, Dalek Which is an Ethiopian love food Dalek. place in so West good. I'll be reading poetry there um, On July 12th at 8pm Is uh, With is, Nicole Steinberg Oh that's awesome Is Bedfellow something that people can submit to, or is this like a friends only thing? Or it what's is. Up? It's solicitation based, but if people are interested in us and they think that they have something that fits, sure, our whole theme, um, they can they can chat us up. I have a I have a series of erotic limericks. God damn it! <laughs> I could almost got oh, it out. No. I was so excited to say it, oh, and then man. it just didn't happen. I couldn't do it. I had so to that, giggle. That, that's why you asked me on here. <laughs> just, <laughs> to pitch my erotic I have limericks. a series of erotic limericks. Oh man, they're not your usual erotic limericks. I really I really mess with the genre. <laughs> I really bend the genre. I really innovate the genre of erotic oh, limericks. Man, on so many Shit. levels, this is no. I, I've uh, I've checked out. <laughs> I've checked out Bedfellows online, be- just because I'm friends with you, and I thought it was cool. Thank you. Uh, and I've you've posted some of your poetry before. And yeah. I really like it. Oh, thanks. Po- I'm really jealous though, because I used to do poetry back in the day. I used to write poetry and perform it, and then I just stopped. And <laughs> and now when I try to write stuff, it feels bad. <laughs> That's me with dancing. Bad? No, it's that's yeah. that's what I'm saying. It's it feels like poetry feels like how working out feels. Something I once did, but now it's like a mountain I could never climb. I'm like, really? Oh man, I just can't. Just takes one step, Liam. I know. I hear that about I hear that about exercise too. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, yeah, whatever. I I just the other day was saying that I need to find like that thing. People who start working out when they're 35 almost 36 i'll be 36 next month uh they find a thing that they love yeah like a yoga or i used to do stuff that i hated just because it made me less fat <laughs> and now i need to find stuff that i love that'll make me less fat right diamond dallas page no i haven't i downloaded it me and Suze were doing it faithfully and then we stopped and then i like it's hard to get back into it but I, understand. I, need to, I need to do it you can do it though i don't love that though i feel like what i need is a fun thing that i love do you like do you like group sports yeah, that's my problem. I need to find a group sport I don't hate. Kickball? I can get into kickball. Is Maybe. that a real... Is they that have like, leagues, like, everywhere. 
I was trying to find a, a capoeira gym near me. I know, I know. We got to uh, we gotta wrap up here. But uh, I, if anyone knows of a capoeira gym anywhere near the Lehigh Valley, <laughs> I want to do capoeira. I did capoeira oh in, in Have you seen school. Only the Strong? It. Yeah, we should yeah, talk about Only the Strong. Dude, so good Filipino. Why, like why would there be a whole gang of dudes who do capoeira? doesn't even make any fucking sense. <laughs> Wouldn't there be a whole gang of okay, dudes capoeira? Josh, what are you excited about? Let's wrap this uh, up. Revivor's playing next week. Or two okay, weeks, cool. I think. Cool. Fucked Up's coming up. Um, yeah. TJ Miller's coming. Uh, we got tickets to see Neurosis. Oh, this is the big news. I might be able to meet Morrissey at a show on the 20th. Ooh. Oh. Yeah, yeah, will, yeah. Will you give him a Cinepunk shirt? Um, maybe if I'm not too busy crying and or <laughs> punching myself in the face. I told sure. him earlier that my plan is to take a picture with Morrissey and then smash my phone on the floor directly after it's done. <laughs> just like, thank you. Wham! Just slam around the, the phone floor. has served it's, its purpose at that point. Yeah, so I know. I'm just over. saying. It's a genius idea. But This, um, this phone is over. <laughs> so done. But yeah, so Morrissey's coming up. I'm still psyched on Morrissey. I, I, I'm hoping he doesn't bail or like suck. <laughs> He's so, so going to bail. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. If he does, I'm going to be right. disappointed. That's all I'm saying. Okay. And then, um, so that's coming up. Goat Horse coming. There's so yeah. many good shows coming. There's up. There's a lot there. of Honestly, shows coming up. This is hardcore coming up. Like, there's so much that isn't. Uh, is Ringworm playing that Goat Horse show? Yes. Oh, I'm so stoked on that. Yeah, show. dude. Just go. The whole lineup of that show is amazing. And Black Breath are playing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, the whole dude. thing is just unbelievable. Fuck. And then Neurosis are playing with um the new Russian Circles band. Yeah. And dude, it's gonna be awesome. They're so good. All right. So, yeah. Let me uh, go ahead and say because uh, mine are all things related to our good friends in Exhumed. Uh, yeah. My friends over at the Mahoning Drive-In. Uh, so Exhumed uh, is teamed up with the Mahoning Drive-In. They basically planned out most of the rest of the summer. Yeah. So this weekend is Evil Dead. Mm. Uh, at the end of the month, there's the Avco Embassy Weekend, which has movies like Vice Squad, Escape from New York, uh, awesome. uh, Howling, uh, The Manitou, uh, a bunch of movies Whoa. are playing. Um uh, and then they throughout the summer they've got a Gremlins Goonies double night. Yes. They've got two Universal weekends with oh, like man. huge so movies. So one yeah. night is like E. T. Last Starfighter and uh, Flash Gordon. Yeah, and then, or another night is uh, They Live uh, Brazil and oh, something else. That's July fourth, I think actually. Yeah. Oh, so it's, it's a huge thing. And then um, we also are going to be selling shirts at the Exhumed. Massacre yeah. night at. The iHouse. So I assume just doing a lot of stuff in Mahoning, but they, if you're a Philly person who refuses to travel, they are doing... <laughs> when, what is the weekend of the... I thought it was the 20th, but I could be wrong. I think it's the 20th of this month. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, check that out as well. Overall... Go to Exhume Films or go to the Mahoning Drive-In. Mahoning also, Drive-in. today is uh, Joseph Gervais' birthday. Oh, yeah. So happy, happy birthday, birthday Joe. Joseph. Yeah, yeah. This won't be up in time for him to hear. But, but we love you. Yeah, we love you. Uh, but big ups to the Mahoning Drive-In. And I'm trying to hype their stuff. I'm going to get a bunch of flyers from them to push their stuff. I just I love that they're a drive-in trying to do more film. So yeah. if you can get up there, I would recommend getting up there. It's beautiful. You can camp. Uh, I would recommend... Oh man, they're gonna hear this. I don't care. I would recommend bringing your own food. Uh, I think they're gonna update their food offerings. But at least, if, at least if you're vegan, I'm not vegan. But uh, I was there with uh, our good friend Justin Lore, who is vegan, yeah, yeah. and there was nothing popcorn. That's all they had that he could eat. So wow. um, I would, if you're vegan, bring food. Um, and but again, they they're scraping it together. So when you go and you're like, oh, they don't have vegan options. Well, they don't have the capital yet to invest in new food options. Like. Uh, the more people who go to this thing, the more likely they're going to be able to improve, to make it cooler. And uh, and I just love that Exhumed is working with them. So there's other stuff coming up that we're all stoked on too, but that's the thing I wanted to front. Also, um, 
we're going to be updating our website. So my hope is that Ooh. not only this will be the first episode on this mixer, but this will be the first episode on the new website. That's the yes. plan. Yes. Wow. That's the plan. Dude. So, it's um, our year. Yeah. So keep an eye out for the new website. And the new website will also have some writing on it. So keep an eye out for that. And uh, yeah, we love you. Thank you for listening. Thank, Thank you, so, you so, much. so much to Jackie for being with us. Oh, you're, you're welcome. Thank you guys for having me. And we know, uh, we know that you're going to school. Yes. But that being said, you're always welcome back on the show. Oh, thanks. <laughs> you're just so great. Oh, we just think you're really great. All right. I'm there you go. You're just really great. Episode 30. Thank you for listening. Smoke bomb. I knew you were going to do it. <laughs>